Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1103 of the Juice Box Podcast. I'm back today with my second installment of the Cold Wind series. On today's show, we'll be calling our guest, Laura. She is on the show today because she has worked in human resources and in private insurance, 23 plus years in human resources, and she has seen some shit. Now, Laura works in insurance, where she's also seen some shit. If this one doesn't chill you right down to your you-know-whats, nothing's going to. Please don't forget that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. When you place your first order for AG1 with my link, you'll get five free travel packs and a free year supply of vitamin D. Drink ag1.com slash juicebox. Don't forget to save 40% off of your entire order at CozyEarth.com. All you have to do is use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. That's JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% at CozyEarth.com. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by U.S. Med. USMed.com slash juicebox or call 888-721-1514. U.S. Med is where my daughter gets her diabetes supplies from, and you could too. Use the link or number to get your free benefit check and get started today with U.S. Med. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. Learn more and get started today at contournext.com slash juicebox. My name is Laura. I have two type one children. For the past like twenty-three for twenty-three years, I worked on the benefit side of it from HR standpoint, like mm-hmm. for your company. And then the last like year and a half or so, I made the change to work at the actual insurance company. You work for those people? Yeah. <laughs> you have two sons. Yep. They both have type one. So this is all within the last four years for you? Yes. Okay. Do you have type one? I do not. Do you have any other autoimmune issues? Yes, I do. And all four of my children also have some sort of autoimmune. So what do you two have? Of them, Hy- hypothyroidism for you? No, mine is more of a lupus issue. Okay. My daughter has Hashimoto's and my son has Graves. The older one or the younger one? His twin brother has Graves. Oh, oh, you have four kids. My uh, 21-year-old has Hashimoto's. You have lupus. Diagnosed? Diagnosed lupus? No, not yet. We're still in that process. I have to go again Tuesday (laughs) for more testing. Fun, fun. Husband, anything? Uh, down the line in your families? No. If we're being completely honest, I think my dad had undiagnosed type 1 and that contributed to his death at 56, which is why I had all my older three children tested and they all came back negative. So the one twin went into DKA. I never suspected type 1 because I was told he didn't have any antibodies. Everything was clear. So it It came on fast. A a long time, yeah, to like 
wrap my head around that. And that, this isn't why we're here, but your father was sick and died pretty quickly. I uh, no, he was from what we knew healthy. Granted, I hadn't been out of you know I hadn't lived at home in many years, but um, he just fell over at Easter dinner actually in 2012. He was 56. He didn't get back up three days later. Nope. I'm so sorry. I, I know, don't know right? how we weren't going to say that. <laughs> just... Nope. <laughs> okay. I apologize, we, but no, come on. Yeah. No, yeah. Right. No, <laughs> we've made that joke a million times. Of course you have. <laughs> like, don't touch him. He'll be up in like 72 hours. Right. Oh my gosh. So your dad had a, a real fast onset of what you think was type one diabetes. DKA died. Yep. Jesus. I do. He lived in a small farm town and they did CPR for like an hour and couldn't revive him. And I was like, okay. I, so once I got the autopsy and I started putting it all together and thinking back of like the symptoms that I noticed now, now that I know what they are, I was like, mm, mm-hmm. okay, yep. <laughs> they did an autopsy because they thought it was Pontius Pilate. Yeah, they thought it, he had a heart attack. Oh, I see. Okay, you're not going to keep going with this joke about the religious thing. That's <laughs> I <fine>. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, I don't want to cry. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. How long ago was this? 2012 so it's been in uh, 11 and a half years oh it, it still hurts some days just because you know i i feel like not that i could have prevented it but if i had been able to educate him to be like listen dad like <laughs> oh i understand you, oh okay. you know but yeah. also he was my biggest champion in trying to figure out what's going on with me and so i have a lot of guilt of i didn't help him but he helped me mm-hmm. you know no. Yeah, I helped my mom a lot with her cancer and I think I think I made decisions that directly elongated her life and mm-hmm. I still feel bad about whatever it is I didn't think to do. Yeah. Which is, you know, not really fair, but I understand how you feel. And I'll stop joking yeah. about it. I apologize. Although, I mean, <laughs> no, but fine. I mean, my god. I need to laugh. But, yeah, well, don't worry. <laughs> I think in a minute you're going to get to let your uh, aggression out in other ways. So, um okay. so you're on the show today anonymously. Because mm-hmm. obviously you have some backroom knowledge about human resources, insurance, and now about type 1 diabetes. Yes. So let's start with your career as an HR person. Okay. What is it you saw that now in hindsight you think, oh, that wasn't right. We shouldn't have done that. Um, It's always about the cost, right? Like, it's always what can I do to save the most money so I can make the most money? And 110% of the time, it's we're not paying for technology. In my previous experience, obviously, you know, 20 years ago, technology wasn't then what it is today. But I had no understanding of type one, what type one was, or why the technology was important. And I look back and I'm like, oh my God, even today, like I'm like, oh my God, why are insurance companies forcing people to live barbarically? Like we have technology, mm-hmm. use it. But it's always about I didn't fight hard enough, you know, to help this person. Why can't we add this to the formulary? Why, you know, just it's always why. Like <laughs> Yeah. So let's let's break that down for people so that they can understand because I sure. think that the phrase that your company feeds you is, oh, the insurance doesn't cover that. But they're the ones who chose what the insurance covers. Right. Yeah. So when the insurance, when your employer is saying insurance doesn't cover that, what they mean to say is for reasons of cost cutting, we decided not to pay for you to be covered by that. Right. Yes. Okay. Especially on a self-funded plan. When they're fully insured, 
then the insurance company does have a little more control over that. But I am from the Midwest. It's a hotbed of Mm self-funding. I have never worked for a company that wasn't self-funded. And they 100% control what's covered and what's not and what that cost is. Can we define those two things? So what is, tell people what self-funded means. So self-funded means the company itself is paying medical bills. Fully insured means that the insurance company is paying the medical bill. Why would a company choose one over the other? Cost. It's a gamble, um, obviously, but if you're self-funded and you have a relatively healthy population, then you're going to charge you know, $1,000 a month in an insurance premium, but you're only going to spend $400 a month. So you have, for example, so you have the ability to make a whole lot of money right? And just sock that money away. Um, When you're fully insured, you're paying $1,000 a month in insurance, but someone else controls what portion of the bill gets paid. So fully insured is the company is paying a premium and then that premium is set up based on the tier of insurance that they've purchased. And then if you get sick, the insurance company is the one taking the risk. They're they're collecting money every you know, however, how, however frequently from your employer and they're risking, if you guys don't get sick, then we get to keep this. And, right. but that costs more because it shifts the, it, it shifts the risk onto the insurance company. So they charge more for it. Right. Self-funded is yes. A company is facility. Like you might have a card out and it might just say Aetna on it. Like, right. Mm-hmm. And you think, Oh, Aetna is my insurance company. But really, Aetna is just handling the billing and everything, and they literally send a bill to the company probably quarterly and say, look, this quarter, this is what it costs to give health care to your employees. Write us a check for it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you're simply borrowing that network. So Aetna's network, United Healthcare's network, Anthem's network, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So when you're in human resources, do you ever see someone come in, say they interview four people for a job? And they get it down to two people, and they're equally qualified, and one of them's 50 pounds overweight. Do they go, pick, pick the thin one, because maybe that'll be better for us? The reality is, yeah, there is a little bit of that that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would, I, I'm just thinking of it from my own perspective. If I owned the company, I'd be like, let's get the one who wasn't winded walking up the stairs. Like, I just, yep. would, I think I would do that. So Yeah, I have one employee that I worked with who had... A blood disorder and needed lots of blood transfusions, lots, lots of different things. And I was like, this guy is amazing. And so I took him with me to my next company. And they were like, what, why? Why? Do you know how much money we're losing on him? And I'm like, because he's making you a lot of money, too. Like, you can't just look at it from one perspective. But right. also, we're not discriminating. So don't talk to me about that. But if if we can all do it with a wink and a nod, then why not? Mm-hmm. And so, yep. we, so when, when people say, the conversation I usually see online is like, well, when you go to a, a job interview, you don't have to disclose your health. And some people are like, well, I have type 1 diabetes. I want people to know. And I'm not hiding it. I'm like out about it. But the truth is, is that if you got into that situation, they might go, oh, that, that lady looks like she's wearing an expensive gadget on her arm. Like, let's mm-hmm. not go with her. Yep. Okay. So my children will always be covered up. I don't care if it's 100 degrees and you're interviewing for a job outside. You're going to wear long sleeves. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah, I just, or you're going to not wear your device that day or whatever. Um, just because I know that the discrimination from an HR side is legit. Going to happen. And you can't prove it, right? Mm-mm. No. How would you? Because nobody says it out loud. Nobody writes it down. So that's that. No, that's why you have closed door meetings and you get yelled at. <laughs> and you're all covered by NDAs when you go in that meeting. You can't you right. can't go back out and say so. Therefore, you kind of have to do this, which is be anonymous about it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're doing this. Actually, I have to be honest. I asked for healthcare professionals and you reached mm-hmm. out and said, hey, I was in HR and I work in insurance now. And I was like, oh, why didn't I ask for that? That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Thank God Laura is thinking for me. You're producing the show now. Some other examples. So your company might set up, you alluded to this earlier, but like to be clear, they, they, they'll look at tiers and say, okay, well, in this tier, if you had type 1 diabetes, you'd get a CGM. But in this tier, you don't. And we pay less for this tier. So we're going to take this one. Right. Or they're just going to exclude it completely and say you're not, we don't cover CGMs at all. So when you're making a contract, you just go through and you go, we like this tier, but like scratch out these things. Mm-hmm. Oh, Correct. So the company kind of tailors the insurance coverage a la carte, but honestly, it's about money, not about choice. Oh, absolutely. So like compound prescriptions, for example, one company that I manage benefits for just wipe those out completely. Like, I don't care what it is. It's not being covered just because compound drugs are expensive. Up until last year, insulin prices weren't regulated. They would be like, oh, we're going to charge $200 a month for insulin, or we're going to do, you know, X, Y, and Z things, or we're going to, I don't know what the the post-Obamacare term is, but before it was, we're going to laser this out. Like this person has, you know, this is lasered out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Now with ACA laws, it's, the verbiage is a little different, but the practices are still happening. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the world is the way I expect it. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. Okay. I thought it was, by the way. I'm actually, generally speaking, I'm usually surprised when people act Pollyanna about things. And they go, oh, that couldn't happen. There's laws against that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, sure. What are you talking about? Of course that's happening. You know, like, it's not, the way I see it is, generally speaking, you either work for somebody who has so much money that it doesn't matter, which some people do. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you work for such a large corporation that they can be fully funded and it still not be super expensive because the insurance company is still making a boatload off of them because they've got 20, 30, 40, 50,000 employees. So they can get the price down because... They've got overhead. The insurance is, or they've got, they've got enough people, and the insurance company is still making the money they want to make on the policy. But yeah. smaller companies are going to go self-pay because they're going to bet on their population not getting sick. Diabetes comes with a lot of things to remember, so it's nice when someone takes something off of your plate. U.S. Med has done that for us. When it's time for Arden supplies to be refreshed. We get an email, rolls up and in your inbox says, hi, Arden, this is your friendly reorder email from US Med. You open up the email, it's a big button that says, click here to reorder, and you're done. Finally, somebody taking away a responsibility instead of adding one. US Med has done that for us. An email arrives, we click on a link, and the next thing you know, your products are at the front door. That simple. 
usmed.com slash juicebox or call 888-721-1514. I never have to wonder if Arden has enough supplies. I click on one link, I open up a box, I put the stuff in the drawer, and we're done. US Med carries everything from insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest CGMs like the Libre 3 and the Dexcom G7. They accept Medicare nationwide, over 800 private insurers, and all you have to do to get started is call 888-721-1514 or go to my link usmed.com slash juicebox. Using that number or my link helps to support the production of the Juicebox podcast. Yep. So um, in full transparency, I worked for five different companies, all of them self-funded, and all of them had around 500 employees. Mm-hmm. The biggest difference that I noticed was the CEO. If the CEO is not, obviously, he's always worried about the bottom line. Like, that's his job. But also, if he has a little bit of integrity, he's going to, you're going to have these conversations. Like, there were times, it happened all the time. He would walk in my office, shut the door, and we would talk about something, you know, at 7 a.m. before anyone else got there. In another instance, it was, I don't care how you do it, but you do this. And I want them out. I don't, I'm not paying for this. Like we just got a $250,000 bill from UMR. Why? Like, no, I'm not paying. (laughs) Figure it out and get rid of the problem. A person has looked you in the face and said, get rid of that person. They're killing us on healthcare costs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's happened more than once. Gotcha. All right. Well, this is uplifting. (laughs) That's what I expected, by the way. You know, like when you said you'd come on, I thought this isn't to tell me how great everything is. That's for sure. <laughs> Do you think people right now mostly, I, I'm, a, I'm imagining two two distinct different reactions for listeners. Either someone's like, I knew it, motherfuckers. Or, mm-hmm. they, or, or they're thinking, oh my God, I don't understand. But mm-hmm. I, I'm on the I knew it side for sure. Did you know before you got into it? No, I mean, I was... 19 i was still in college like i had no idea that it was this discriminatory Mm -hmm. i had no idea that i also had no idea that there were so many health issues out there like i was a young healthy 19 year old i had no idea that you know so and so john over there has whatever going on and even though he's a good employee, he's costing the company a lot of money from health insurance wise. So then you're like scratching your head. You're like, what? This is happening? And you want me to fire him kind of illegally. Like, so those are the unemployment claims you just don't fight, <laughs> if I'm being honest. So you, oh, so it's a calculated maneuver then. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask this person. We don't have a real reason, but we got to get rid of him before another $250,000 bill comes up. They'll sue us in unemployment for unemployment reasons. We'll pay, but it won't be nearly as much as we'll lose in the healthcare cost. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Does the company get dinged for that somehow? Is there like a, a thing that keeps track of it or anything like that? Yeah. So there is an unemployment amount that you have to pay every month. And obviously, the more claims you have, the more you have to pay in. Not just because you're paying that unemployment, but also because you're being, quote unquote, penalized by the government for having that many claims is that a thing people can check on when they're looking for work like can i see you know what i mean the companies who seem like maybe they're getting rid of people yeah i'm not sure about that but there is a way to check and see if a company's getting ready to do a mass layoff like major companies are getting ready to do a layoff 
I'm looking up as we speak the exact parameters, but I have one of my my best friends works for a major uh, company and they're doing layoffs. And I was like, hey, why don't you check and make sure like she's like, I don't know if it's my department. And I'm like, well, they don't specify departments or names, but they do have to give the government 30 days notice. And a, re- if going a to reason do a why they're doing it? They can be fairly discreet about that. Okay. I, I know from when when my wife's companies say they're going to do a reorganization, that's usually mm-hmm. means everybody. And and it's funny. I always think of it as every few years they hire, they hire, they hire. And eventually the bad employees shake out. You figure out which ones aren't as valuable as you hope they would be or, or didn't end up being necessary. And they move them along, which business wise makes sense to me. It never occurred to me that we'd sprinkle in a couple of people with a heart condition or something like that into that list, too. Mm-hmm. And to, to, yeah, and they're always going to say it's for budget reasons. And of course, it's for budget reasons. But the reality is, it's also because you have a health condition and you're costing too much money. That's the budget issue. The same point. <laughs> the budget is you cough too much. I got you. Right. Would it be out of line to say, so I know a person who lost their job. Mm-hmm. This person was, by all accounts, fantastic at their job, uh, a, a great employee. They were a little higher on the pay scale than anyone else. And then one day, out of nowhere, one of these little like rules in the handbook on like the last page, like literally you can't chew gum while you're at work, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Someone walked up to this person, said, is that gum in your mouth? And they went, yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot. And went to throw it away. And they said, no, never mind. Come to the office. Mm -hmm. And they fired him. Those are the stupid reasons that HR has to come up with to fire a good employee. Gotcha. For whatever other reason. I can't wait to tell that person that. (laughs) Yeah. But definitely when you're looking at jobs, like you want to check the warrant notices for your state, W-A-R-N, that tells, that gives a decent indication of layoffs. If they're coming or how many you've seen in the past? Uh, Both. It'll tell you. It's, um, let me, hold on, I gotta look up what it stands for. It's a Worker Adjustment and Retaining Notification Act. So if you see a company that is consistently laying people off, they might be one of those companies who bring you in, make a big, like, oh, it's going to be great here. You're going to love it. And then when they're done with you or the work dies down or whatever else, they just sweep everybody out with the trash on Friday afternoon when nobody's looking. Right. Gotcha. Hmm. Yep. Not you, always. I mean, sometimes they're for legitimate reasons, you know, especially like, yeah, yeah, but I mean, many times it's just because. So if I told you that that story I just told you about that person happened right after a new company took over the business, that would even be less shocking to you, right? Honestly, not shocking at all. Right. They come in, they evaluate, where do we, and it's always money. Where do we cut money? Yeah, always. You're never a person. It's always about a number. You've never been in in a room where they were like, hey, how can we make everybody happier today? And it's happened a couple of times, and I convinced the CEO to serve everyone breakfast just, you know, to be like, hey, I'm normal and not a total asshole. But like, <laughs> normally, yeah, I mean, it's all about money. Like, it's always, where do we cut, how do we cut the most overhead? And so I've been through a couple of sales, right? And you always make a spreadsheet of salaries versus expenses. And whoever is in the top obviously goes mm, on both it. of those. 
That's why they say don't get too high. Like, don't make too much. I used to hear people say that. Like, I, I don't want to mm-hmm. make, I don't want to, I don't want another promotion or they're going to take my head off in four years if I do. Right. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Can I ask, since your kids' diagnosis is, mm-hmm. did you have any like quiet moments where you look back and thought, oh, I wonder how many people's jobs I helped get rid of that had this stuff going on? Absolutely. Because there are a few I know of. So I wonder how many I didn't know of. Mm-hmm. And I it kills me. But in the moment, I, I mean, I imagine, especially when you're younger, in the moment, you're like doing your job, which, by the way, I mm-hmm. also I'm not coming down on you like some. This is how business works. I don't I mean, some people might have been surprised by it. I wasn't. And so people are going to do these jobs. Not everybody's job is pleasant that I'm not coming down on you at all. I'm wondering about like personally. Like you have this moment where you think, oh, God, I was in a meeting and I, I, I came up with a reason to get rid of that person. The Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter is the meter that we use here. Arden has one with her at all times. I have one downstairs in the kitchen, just in case I want to check my blood sugar. And Arden has them at school. They're everywhere that she is. Contournext.com slash juicebox. Test strips and the meters themselves may be less expensive for you in cash out of your pocket than you're paying currently through your insurance for another meter. You can find out about that and much more at my link, contournext.com slash juicebox. Contour makes a number of fantastic and accurate meters, and their second chance test strips are absolutely my favorite part. What does that mean? If you go to get some blood and maybe you touch it and, I don't know, stumble with your hand and like slip off and go back, it doesn't impact the quality or accuracy of the test. So you can hit the blood, not get enough, come back, get the rest without impacting the accuracy of the test. That's right. You can touch the blood, come back and get the rest and you're going to get an absolutely accurate test. I think that's important because we all stumble and fumble at times. That's not a good reason to have to waste a test strip. And with the Contour Next Gen, you won't have to. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. You're going to get a great reading without having to be perfect. Yep. Yeah. Is that hard? <laughs> it's, happened. it's very hard. Um, especially when I think about, like, you know, because there are times, like, I'll find out after the fact, like, oh, so-and-so had this health condition or so-and-so was pregnant and you didn't know yet or whatever. and you're like. I mean, I can't tell you, Scott, how many times I've put my hands on my head and I've just been like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Mm. Now, uh, to give you the flip side of this, how many employees have you dealt with who are habitually taking advantage of like short or long term like coverage? Like somebody's like, oh, I my doctor says I need to take a month off. I have a cough. Like there are people who like do that, right? Like they work a little, quote, get sick take off three months on like long-term disability, then come back, want their job back, work six more months, get like that. This happens. No, it absolutely happens. And that's why FMLA laws are what they are. That's why it's a hundred or one year. And you know, the, all the hours, like, because to stop that and it sucks, you know, when you're in a position where now I'm on the flip side of it and I'm like, I needed FMLA. Like, two years ago, but I didn't qualify for it until one year ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> you it, know? Yeah. And, um, and then, but then you see that all the time of like people that are requesting STD 
D or LCD, short-term disability or long-term disability. And you're like, mm, no, over and over not- and over. So they, they limit it to a year for, to stop people from taking advantage of it. But the flip side of that is there are actually some people who need it for more than a year and they just get aged out of it and screw them. And that's part of doing business. This is what, this is yep. what the speed trap catches. It get, catches people who need it and people who don't need it as well. Yep. Absolutely. Hmm. That's upsetting. Is that hard to watch somebody? Cause that's stealing in my opinion, you know? Oh yeah. So did they ever <laughs> prosecute people? Do they ever go after them or is it just too difficult? I don't know that I've seen anyone prosecuted for it, but I have definitely seen short-term disability and long-term disability claims denied because they were frivolous. Yeah. They just tell them, look, come back to work or you're done. That's it. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Am I missing anything so far? Like, is there something you should be telling me that I'm not knowing to ask about? I just want to reiterate that, especially if you work for a self-funded company, your HR has total control over the formulary and what's covered. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard my story about Arden's dental work? No, I don't think so. When Arden was really little, obviously we didn't know what we were doing. She was drinking a lot of juice at night, like, you know, saving her from Lowe's over and over again. And a lot of her baby teeth got uh, cavities. And it was too soon. She couldn't just take them out because she needed them and she wasn't going to get teeth for a little while. So they had to be fixed. So we went to a dentist who looked at her and said, look, I am not comfortable putting her under because her blood sugar get low. We need to do it in a hospital. I am not comfortable doing it in the office. I want to do it in a hospital where I can have somebody monitor her blood sugar, have her on a sale, a drip of glucose if she needs it, that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay. So then our insurance denied it. Okay. Yeah. And they kept denying it and kept denying, even though it was now a medical procedure because it was happening in a hospital, it wasn't dental anymore. They denied it that they denied it. It just went on forever. And it was like 15 grand, I think. And we were young still. And I don't want to say that $15,000 is not a lot of money to me. It is. But under like penalty of death, I could probably pull it together for one of my kids if I needed to. But back then, I could not have. Right. And so I called my wife's company. I literally called Human Resources. My wife's like, they're not going to help. And I was like, I got nothing else to do. So I called the company. I spoke to somebody. And they said, let me see what I can do. And they got back to us a couple days later. And they said, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead and book it. We'll pay for it. But it was a self-funded company and a big company. So all I had to do was actually get to the person in charge. And they were like, what, it's 15 grand to help this kid? We'll do that. And that was it. It was just over. Yeah. And that's the thing I think a lot of people don't realize is I can't tell you how many spouses I've I've spoken to over the years, let alone the employee themselves. And... You know, it's true. The squeaky wheel is going to get the grease. However, don't call in and be a jerk about it. Like, you know, have like a decent conversation because we're people too. We're just trying to do what we're supposed to do. You get yelled at a lot, do you? (laughs) (laughs) But like at the end of the day, you know, I'm I we've I've been able to make dozens of changes to um, plans mid year. Like you have to give appropriate notice legally, obviously, but like you know, each quarter you can change your plan mm-hmm. from a company's perspective. So I've been able to pull that off many times. Help people. Yeah. I just called and I honestly, I didn't understand self-pay and full pay back then. This is actually how I mm-hmm. learned about it. 
But I just called and said, is there anything you can do to help us? Like, I thought I was asking them to call the insurance company and like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I thought I was asking the company to call the Wizard of Oz and talk him into letting us into the city. Like, like that's right. what I thought I was doing. And they were like, oh, no, that's on us. We'll just pay for it. I was like, oh, oh okay. So, uh -huh. and we just got lucky. When I told my wife, she's like, what? I was like, see, I told you I'd work it out. But the truth is, I just got lucky. So, because um, I didn't know what the hell I was talking about even at the time. No, you, you asked. The only thing they can do is say no. Yeah. I mean, that's actually, it's how I got a girl too pretty for me to marry me. Even I was just like, <laughs> I mean, you know, she's tall and I'm, she's pretty. People don't see, they seem to be like afraid of her. It's like, I'll just try. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, my husband, his CIO, my husband's a computer nerd. And the way you CIO, said it, by the way, not what you said, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, his CIO it has a wife that's also a T1. He obviously has paved the way, but they cover things. I mean, he has amazing insurance because his CIO's wife was like, no, you, you're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, yeah, understand what that means, too, is that once you get, you know, People hear, oh, this place covers this, it covers CGMs, it covers all that. Like every person they hire in with that, that's money going out the door again. That's them paying for your pods or your pumps or your insulin or whatever. That's really, and it, so that's a real kindness when you find people doing that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's because you have executives with integrity. That's it. You don't see another reason for it at all. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Listen, I'm sure that he brings great value to his company, and I'm, I'm sure, as does everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Or he wouldn't have a job. But um, at the end of the day, it's because you have executives with integrity. Right, because they could hire somebody as good as you who doesn't need an insulin pump. Right. Right. Hmm. I have other questions that might not be connected to this. Can I just ask real quickly? Go for it. I'm a wealth of information. <laughs> I think you might be back actually one day, but when, like when the company's like, Hey, you can get, um, uh, life insurance through us, for example. Mm -hmm. And it's like up to one, two, nine times your pay or whatever. There's always value in doing at least what they're, what the company's paying for. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Always. Always take that. What about healthcare spending accounts? Is that a good thing to do? Depends on the plan. So previous to diabetes, we always had an HSA, but since diagnosis, we have gone to back to a traditional PPO plan um, with a low deductible because HSAs are hit and miss um, because they only fund as you get paid and you fund them. So if you have a $3,000 bill in January, you may not hit $3,000 in your HSA until June. Right. So they're tricky, uh, and it's always something to look at. Mm, that is what happens to us. We so we um we take the max. I actually we put the maximum we're allowed into our HSA, mm -hmm. and because you're really it's just a tax shelter for the money, right? Right. Yeah. So, but like you said in January, when like it's pump time or it's this time, you're like, ooh, uh oh. The first time, like your your CGMs cost two thousand dollars, and you're like, oh, they're twenty bucks in June. What the hell? You know, like that, that kind of stuff is, um, it's shocking. And if you don't have cash aside yeah. for it, it's obviously problematic. Yeah. Or it's like that initial hospital bill when your child first goes in and it's diagnosed and you have to pay it literally on the spot and you're like, okay, I'll give you whatever you need. Just keep my child alive. Right. Sure. And you're like, 
holy shit, that was a lot of money. Like, how did I just come up with five grand to give them, like, literally on the spot? And then you're reevaluating, okay, we maybe need to change our insurance because I don't know that I can do that all the time. <laughs> like, that's not necessarily practical. Yeah, it is a thing, too. I, I never forget when I moved into my house, uh, my neighbor was older than me by almost 20 years, and he was already sending his kids to college. And I was like, how do you pay for all that? And he goes, hey, you'll figure it out. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. your advice? And he goes, that's how it works, man. You'll either figure it out or you won't. And I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> I, like, yep. okay. I have three in college right now. And I'm like, oh my God. How are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then they call. This is they, why I'm working. <laughs> Arden, Arden just left school uh, like five hours ago. She's driving home like the semesters or the quarters over. And uh, she's like, "There's, I need money in my account for the drive home. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I said, I'll transfer somebody in your account. I mean, I literally had to send my daughter $900 a couple days ago for a new computer. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else going on. Sure. <laughs> I'll just keep wearing these sneakers another six months. It'll be fine. <laughs> Forget the hole in the side. I'm wrapping it with duck. It really does. It is the way it goes, too. It's like you're living, you're living like you're in college and they're, <laughs> they're okay. <laughs> what the hell's going on? Uh, anyway. Okay. So. That's the HR side and what you might mm-hmm. expect from your company. But now you work for an insurance company. So yes. how are we getting fucked that way? Because they're going to deny everything you send to them um, at least once. <laughs> and then thankfully, we have a really good endocrinologist who literally, you know, when I'm like, listen, they're not going to appro- like, they're not going to approve it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I work not for the insurance company that we have but like i work for an insurance company and they're gonna deny it like i know how this works and she's like no 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 let me take care of it we know how to write these things to make sure that it gets approved and i'm like okay i i don't know this the science or the specific behind it but i have come to realize how insanely important it is to find an endocrinologist who will write prior authorization request the way that they need to be written to get approved it's fascinating i i needed uh, so i don't know how much of the podcast you listen to or you don't listen to but i've been using wegovi for weight loss for like nine months now mm-hmm. and i really need i've lost 40 pounds it's made a significant change in, i know you look amazing oh thank you very nice anyway when i went to the doctor the doctor's like look obviously you need this your bmi supports it but i i said do you think it'll get covered she goes i know what to do mm-hmm. i was like Okay. And boom, right through. Like it was nothing. Yeah. Like my son, he's now 19, so I can't do it for him anymore. I just send him insulin so he doesn't die because he doesn't get it himself. But the differences in the endocrinologist are like night and day. Like mm-hmm. there's not enough words to describe it. And I'm like, this, like, how do you not even have enough insulin to get through a month? Like, why is it not being approved? And he's like, I don't know. That's just what they'll give me. And I'm like, okay, clearly I need to have a conversation with them and be like, you you know, here's how you write this. This is how, Yeah. <laughs> where my 10-year-old, I have a ton of extra insulin and thank God, because that's how I'm keeping my 19-year-old alive. Like literally I'm shipping it to him every month. Your younger kid is at a pediatric endo. They know how to say, yeah, let's just, we'll, we'll say the need is this. And that way you'll get an extra vial and you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And like that kind of stuff. And the adult endo is just like, they don't give a crap and they don't try very hard. And your son is 19, so he's not pushing back. And that leaves him without insulin. 
Right. Yep. He gets about half of what he needs. An insured person. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. And that's just because the doctor doesn't know how to deal with the insurance company. Yes. And also, I have a child that I got is you. like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> is he a little dopey or what, what do we got going there? I don't want to say it's your kid. Don't say. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. He might hear this one day. Like, I'm not dopey. No, uh, I tell him all the time. I'm like, you're pretty mouthy for a kid who relies on his mother to keep him alive. (laughs) You're you're like, I'll shut the insulin spigot off and then we'll see who's listening. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) It's hilarious. But what this points out, bigger picture, my opinion, is that there are rules set up on the insurance side that are meant to block you from getting your services. And Mm -hmm. then doctors and other people on the outside have to figure out how to navigate the system, which is a polite way of saying, write down what doesn't get caught by the computer or the checker. So it somehow slides through the machine and ends up at the end with a check mark on it. And you get your thing. Right. Yep. That's exactly how it works. (laughs) So everyone's just trying to screw you. Yep. And if you go with it, they're not going to see this is a contention I've had the entire time. Like back when I was younger, Arden was diagnosed. I, again, I told you I didn't know what I was doing as much. Mm-hmm. But that's the first thing I said to Kelly. I was like, they deny everything the first time. Yep. That just happens. And it doesn't matter if it's covered, even. They just go, nope. And then because if you call, if you're not willing to call back, they just save the money. Right. It's that simple. And then if it's covered, you call back, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we just needed this from the doctor. And then they tell you what to get, and then it's covered. So you push back a little bit, you get your covered things paid for. But then yep. the what happens when things? So there's I, I don't know if you're in how much you're in the private Facebook group, but there's this all the little, time. So do you know Sam who helps people? Yeah. Sam writes letters that get people their stuff. She's magical mm-hmm. at it. But that's really what it is. Is she's able willing her brain works the right way to sit down look at the look at the rules and she knows how to write something that circumvents the rules that the insurance company put in place to stop them from having to pay you for the things you deserve yes yes okay like my i work for a small boutique insurance company right and um they decided when they announced the 2024 plans, it specified that CGMs weren't going to be covered anymore, like in any capacity. And I internally and to my husband threw the biggest fit. I was like, oh my God, no, we are not doing this. And then um, a couple other people that like know my passion for this spoke out and and it quickly changed to, oh, well, Medicare covered. We'll, we'll cover Medicare covered <laughs> CGMs. And I'm like, yeah, you will. <laughs> and and so why did why do you think that happened? Did it happen because they were seeing more people with diabetes? Or do you think they saw the news about people wanting to use CGM for overall health and stuff? And they thought, let's get ahead of this and make sure we don't cover these things. Um, I, to be honest with you, I think it was purely cost, purely budget. Like we were, you know, it was, hey, we're going to save X number of dollars by not allowing a CGM. So we're, we're going to just exclude it from coverage next year. Can you do me a favor? Can you put a mm-hmm. dollar amount that was saved and tell me the like the operating budget for the year for the company? I don't have that info. Can you guess about it? Like how much are they saving? How much do you think they saved? Oh goodness. Well, we have I I mean I talk to probably 5 people a day that are on a Libre. Um a few that are on a Dexcom that I talk to. So 
that's and that's just me and there's a hundred of us right that take those phone calls so I mean, it's definitely in the millions. They're saving millions of dollars by saying, yeah. so So basically they look at that spreadsheet you talked about. They see mm-hmm. a line, the number's red, they go over to the left, it says CGM and they go, okay, get, they don't even know what the hell that is. They don't even care, right? No, no. I, I, I would venture to guess 85 to 90% of them have no idea what a CGM is. It's just a red, it's a red line and they need to get rid of it. Yep. It was something they wanted to laser out. Is there no, like, what if it was, like, cancer medication? Is there anything where, like, societal pressure stops them? Well, I think that was why they ended up a week later changing their tune was because of the societal pressure. Because there was not only employees, but there was a lot of members that they insured that were like, "Mm, hell no, you're not doing that. Oh, so even the companies that are buying the insurance from them are like, hey, I have diabetes. Like, hold up. Like, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think if they would have known that before they struck it, they wouldn't have? Or do you think they they would just strike it to see what would happen next? Oh, the way that this company operates, they were going to do it anyway and then just take the gamble. They're always going to take the gamble. Right. And then if somebody bitches, then we'll backpedal if we have to. Yep. Always. (laughs) You know, again, I have to say, purely from a business perspective, it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not shocked. I'm not even appalled. Actually, I'm just like, okay, I get it. Like I I see now if you told me that this is a, you told me this is a $25 billion a year company and they, they did this and they were going to save 3 million bucks. Then I go, ah, come on. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, what are we doing here? Do you think that that's charged by operating budget? Like we want to have more in the bank or is it, can it literally be the more of these things we cut away, the more money the CEO and the board and that those t- types of people end up taking home at the end of the year? No, it wasn't the people. Uh, they're working on building new hospitals, and they they want the money. They need the um, capital. I, I know that they took a decent loss. I think every company took a decent loss during COVID, mm-hmm. and they're trying to make up for that shortfall by doing anything they can and um, have are, they're wanting to expand. They're trying to expand. It's just not able to happen as fast as originally planned. Yeah. So they wanted it as capital. They needed it for operating. Yep. Yeah. You know, anybody who's got kids in college through COVID and after COVID will see that the incoming freshman classes after COVID don't fit in the buildings. <laughs> right. And the co- and the, the colleges don't care. They're like, we need more. Like, like, there are a pile of children in colleges they probably couldn't otherwise get into because they had money. Mm-hmm. And that those colleges needed to sell those spots to get the money back they lost during COVID. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it hurts everything going forward. Everything except the bottom line. The bottom line is serviced and you get poorer, a poorer experience in college. You get, you know, less, uh, more students to, to teachers. You get crappier teachers. Like you get all kinds of like bad, all kinds of bad comes from it. But in the end, the school will have more money in the bank when it's all over. And your personal reward is hundreds of thousands of dollars of student debt. <laughs> debt, yes. And you'll go get a job that won't cover your insurance right. for you. And then you can just work your life away trying to pay it off. And hopefully you won't get sick. But if you do, don't worry. We'll find a reason to fire you. <laughs> right? Perfect. This has been really uplifting. Thank you so I know, much, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. But I have discovered, like, so a whole nother subject, but, like, an LPN at my son's school 
two years ago when he was diagnosed, like literally almost killed him, not once, but twice. And so I, you know, we wrote the OCR, we did the whole thing. And I realized like that this is my job in life is like to be a whistleblower to like these practices. I'm going to hold schools accountable. It, you companies, you do dumb shit. I'm coming after you. <laughs> like, I'm going to hold you accountable. Good for you. Well, we got to get you a job doing that. Like I know we need like a, a small nonprofit to hire you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And let you run around and yell am, at people. I'm literally a wealth of knowledge. I have so much legal background, like not from the employment law side anymore, from the like, you know, ADA 504. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I have, I'm telling you, I'm a wealth of knowledge. I, I know an HR professional pretty high up in a, in a mid-sized company. And you can tell that everything about their job pulls on their heart. Like con mm -hmm. constantly, like they're always downtrodden when they're talking about work. And it's mm -hmm. a little bit like, I can't believe I'm the one that has to do this stuff. Yeah. That, that kind of feeling. Um, well, I officially retired from the HR side when I had an employee fatality. I was like, nope, I will never be the person to do that again. So bye. <laughs> Can you give me color on that? They, how did somebody die? Oh yeah. So they were 18, came to work, uh, high and uh was driving a forklift and trying to do fun fancy tricks on it and it, it crushed them yeah but it was like 10 o'clock the day before thanksgiving and i was like i will never ever and of course me being you know the only female on the executive team got <laughs> got nominated to make that phone call oh you and had so to I call had to his parents so I had to be the one to call the parents. I had to be the one to do the press release to, you know, talk to the media because it was everywhere. Right. And um, I was like, never again, not doing it. So I, you know, had to bring in the grief counselors and, and do the whole thing. And um, I mean, you know, of course I got a very nice bonus out of it. And literally three months later, I was like, nope, not doing this guys. Like, bye. I'm out. I'm, and I went, that's what the company didn't do anything wrong. Like the kids showed up high, nobody knew it. And this is what happened. Right. Yeah. Right. No, the company didn't do anything wrong. Right. Um, and we, I, you know, but just, worked with OSHA, we reinforced safety rules, all of it. But like, I still personally don't want to ever do that again. Does the, <laughs> does the poster on the wall now say no heroin while you're working? Or I mean, what is the, like, how do you reinforce that safety rule? Well, Ultimately, the facility ended up getting shut down, not by OSHA, but just because there were a slew of other problems. And um, I just was like, okay, I am putting together a lot of this for you, but like, I'm out. So I, I gave, I gave them like three months, and then I was like, okay, I'm. It just made your like, heart. It made your heart heavy, and you wanted to move on and do something else. Yeah. So I came to the benefit side, thinking like, or to the insurance company side, thinking like that would be easier for me you know personally to deal with like mentally and now i'm like maybe not oh hell no <laughs> i um when i was very young like in my early 20s i used to collect credit card debts and mm -hmm. i i had to stop doing it i was i was really good at it and it just made me feel bad all the time like i there's no doubt these people spent this money they owed the money like all that and I'm not even talking about the the interest rates. Like I I know they're you know, you know I know the I know the game right. They get you to buy a couple things. I mean, right now people's credit cards are like at like 24. percent Like I don't even like if you're buying something on a credit card and you don't have to please stop. But um but anyway, this would happen. People get under 
then, you know, they're just trying to get your monthlies out of you. Like really, I don't know that people understand that credit card companies, insurance companies, some businesses, they're all really just, they're in business to make money so they can, they're investment companies, basically. Mm-hmm. The, 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 most insurance companies are investment companies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they need the money so they can invest it and make more money. So they get into something where they make a bunch of money. Your health is probably 20th on their list of what's important to them. And, you know, they're just, they're collecting fees and then using the fees to, um, you know, buy stocks, do trading, like that kind of stuff and try to make money that way. Anyway, I couldn't do it anymore. I was just, I was too good at it. And some of those people were lying and they just didn't want to pay, but some of them were really in trouble and I was good at cajoling them into paying. And then I just Uh left one day and I told my wife, I'm like, I have to stop doing this. I was like, it's hard. It's just, it's heavy. I I don't want to be the one that makes these people give somebody this money. So, yeah, I mean, I've experienced that with the company I work for, right? Like the most heartbreaking stories, like this, it's me. It, It was me four years ago of, Hey, my teenager just got diagnosed with type one. What do I do? And I'm like, okay, this is what you, like I give them like line by line, like exactly what you need to write, what right. you need to do. And at the end of the day, I know I'm costing my company money, but like, do I care? No, because I'm going to do what like I know what that mom's feeling like. I know the the mental anguish, the emotional, the physical, like. Mm-hmm. I know exactly how she's feeling because that was me a few years ago. Will right? it, will at some point your company do an auditing of the people who have your job and say, Laura's costing us more money than other people. I, <laughs> I think she's being too kind to them. No, they actually have offered me a promotion. I declined it because I don't want to be in management anymore. Um, because but, of your knowledge, because you know what you're doing. Yeah. I see. Cause you know, your way around even their rules. Yeah. Ah, so they'll put you into management to put a stop to other people understanding how to get around the rules. Yep. I'm, I'm 100% an outside the box thinker. I always have been like, you give me a rule, I'll figure out how to break it. Not like in a mean spirited way, but like in a, you tell me that X, Y, and Z has to happen, fit inside this box. I'm going to figure out how to get a outside. Wow. Like that's just how I've always been. This is all very disappointing. Even though I was, <laughs> even though I was ready for it. Like I knew, I mean, Nothing about, again, nothing about this surprised me. I'm still incredibly disappointed, but you know, you know where, where you have to look for like a bright light is you have to, you got to hope somebody like Laura is just like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Or a person like me is like, you know what? I'm too good at collecting debts from people. And I feel bad about it. I'm not going to, my son coming out of college had a job opportunity and he, I don't want to say what it was, but he, he said to me, I I don't want to police people. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, he wasn't going to be a police officer. It was a job where you would have overseen people. He's like, I, and I hope that people are using or understanding the term police incorrectly, but yep. he's like, he's like, I don't want to be in charge of telling people what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing that. And it was really good paying. And mm-hmm. he said, I am, I'm not going to be a party to, to overseeing people like that. Yeah. And I totally, I totally get that sentiment because that's kind of how I, I, I was, I felt, especially towards the end of my HR career, I was like, I'm nothing more than a referee mm-hmm. and I'm tired of it. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, in general, you, your job is, I mean, it's nice of you to come on and take this conversation from another perspective, but your job is like, how do I screw people to save money? Mm-hmm. That's your whole job. And it happens to be around health. But the truth is, is that in almost every walk of business, 
that's what's going on. Oh, absolutely. That's what's going on. Down to the littlest things. Look, I take ads on this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. The podcast does incredibly well for the people who advertise on it. And at the end of every year, someone gets in a room and half-heartedly goes to me, we can't afford it to go up. And I'm like, yes, you can. Yeah, you know you can. I know Mm -hmm. you can. You know you can't afford to stop buying ads on this podcast. Like the whole thing. But we still go through the motion every time. The same oh, thing happens. And it's not, they're not bad people, not a bad company. As a matter of fact, they're fantastic. The, the podcast exists. They're, somebody's going to get this information for free because of the advertisers. I love mm-hmm. them. They're fantastic. But we still dance the dance every time. Yeah. We all know where the dance ends up. And yet we put on our shoes and play the music. And here we go. Let's see if I can squeeze 3% out of this. Like, you know, so I can go back and tell somebody I squeezed 3% out of this. It's yep. just... <laughs> It's, 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 it's miserable. It's, I, uh, miserable is a good word. I, I don't know another way to put it. I actually, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, be, and not just okay with it. I'm happy about it because that means the information gets to people and it's free. And uh-huh. that's important. It's important for the podcast to be free for a couple of reasons. The top reason is not everybody would pay for it. So now for the cost of like, whatever I would have to charge $6 a month or something for you to listen to the podcast, 99 cents a download or whatever. Like to save, uh, you know, a hundred dollars a year for you as a listener, some people won't spend that. And now, now for the, the love of a hundred dollars, for example, there's some kid walking around out there, doesn't know how to pre-bolus and 30 years from now will be getting needles in his eyes or something like that because they didn't have access to good information. So I'm not, I, I won't restrict the information. Well, listen, given what we just talked about, people can't afford it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, plus, I know yeah. what I spent. Yeah, no kidding. Like, yeah, now I'm asking, like, uh, anyway, it, it, at my fundamental core, I am not mm-hmm. up for asking people to pay for better health. That's not mm-hmm. something I'm okay with. Like, I just, I'm just flatly not okay with it. And so it has to be advertiser driven because this is a, I know some people might be like, that's oh, a podcast. You're just talking to the microphone, you dick. But it, it's a it's a 70 hour a week job at minimum 24 oh, yeah. 7 i don't take a day off i'm managing something at midnight while you're all sleeping i was up till like 11 last night making uh edits and ads and then i got in bed and somebody's like hey somebody reported a post in the group you got to go look at that i was doing that at like two o'clock in the morning i'm recording with you and getting texts right now hey somebody put a post up uh we think it has to come down can you take a look at it like it, it's a non-stop mm-hmm. thing right So I don't think I should be wealthy over it. I'm not saying that, uh, but I am like, it needs to be covered financially because I have bills and children in a home and stuff like that. Absolutely. And I have to tell you, thank you to you. Uh, We went to pediatric endocrinologist Monday and our 10 year old's A1C was 5.4. And we could not have even come close to doing that without your help. Oh, that's lovely. And all the knowledge you you provide. That's so nice of you. I I appreciate you saying that. And, And congratulations. And oh my God. That's the, the funny story in my house is um, my younger one's always like, I just don't want to be like him because he knows that the older one's fairly non-compliant. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, I, I don't want to end up like him. Why why is he being so stupid? Why d- does he do this? Why? <laughs> and he's like, mommy, I'm not moving out until I'm 25 and I'm only going to move out when I have a responsible wife and like this, that, and the other because he sees what the older one's going through and how his girlfriend is like, you're out of insulin? Oh, well, maybe you should call your mom. Not like, hey, buddy, you're going to be out of insulin in three days. Call your mom. Why don't we do something? <laughs> you're, you're, I like your young son's like, I need a lady to tell me what to do or I'm going to be in trouble. 
So that's some clear thinking. I'm in trouble without a lady telling me what to do. I'm being perfectly honest. So um, <laughs> I'm being very yeah, honest about like, that. Yeah. He's always like, we were joking about boarding school because, you know, it, it was a joke. And um, he was like, mommy, I can't go. I don't have you to manage my diabetes. And I'm like, buddy, I'm trying to teach you. He's like, I know you are, but like, I can't do it without you. Yeah. Well, and, and the point is, is that, like your point is when people are living like that, can you imagine even if I were to say like, hey, look, I have the answer for you, but it's going to cost you $250 a year. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I, people would go, no, thank you. And so yeah. from uh, me being focused on helping people, I can't put a paywall between the information. Like it just won't work. Right. I consciously couldn't do it. Like, I mean, uh, I, my conscience, well, I mean, you heard me with the, the debt thing. Yeah. Like, I'm not good. I, I couldn't do it. Like I, I, yeah. if I, if I was reaching in my pocket to buy a sandwich and I thought I was pulling $10 out that someone gave me to learn how to pre-bolus, I, I would, I'd probably vomit. So yeah, I'm not the mm-hmm. right person for that job, but it's interesting that you made it into this kind of work, but you're the person you are. So did you, like you said, you started out really young I'm assuming in the beginning, you didn't know what you were getting into. And then once you're into it, you're like, well, this is how I make my living. I'm good at it, whatever. Like, I can't just leave here. And, mm-hmm. and then that's kind of how that happened. Can I ask this? Mm-hmm. If you yeah. have a group of employees that are all doing the same thing as you, do you think if we got them all together, most of them would say, I do a shitty thing and I feel bad about it? I think you probably have 50-50. I've, I've run across so many HR professionals in my career, and some of them are like, I hate my job, but I'm really good at it, and it's good money, so I do it. And then you have the other half that are like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just, you know, like, yeah, whatever. Little, little so, Genghis Khans, they would have been like five, 6,000 years ago, they would have been like, whatever. Let's just, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's fine. And listen, I also don't, I don't, that doesn't surprise me either, that people's, you know, sensibilities are different. I was just wondering how many people are like downtrodden in these jobs. And, you know, so here's my, I'm going to let you go, right? Unless there's something we haven't said, but I have a last question for you. Of course. Is there a fix in this that serves the company and the employee, or is there really no winning? The fix, honestly, is honest conversations, finding out what your employee base needs, but people are too scared to talk about it from both sides, not just from the employee side, but management is also scared to talk about it. So I think that that's the the biggest thing is going to be lots of honest conversations. Aside from the fact, like the whole system just needs an overhaul. Like, why the f*** am I filling out a PA? Diabetes didn't go away. Like, (laughs) you know, I still have it. I've had it, you know, for three years now. Like, stop making me fill out the same paperwork. But they're going to keep doing it. Like, that's just stupid. Yeah, like, but they're going to keep doing it until like, someone says something. Like at the beginning of the year when like your distri- your distributor goes like, well, we have to get, you know, a letter from your doctor that says you have diabetes. I'm like I, my daughter's had diabetes for 15 years. It didn't go. It didn't mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? Uh, this is how it's done. And you're like, oh, okay. And they don't know either. You have them on and they go, yeah, I don't know. It's what it is. We have an entire world that if, if, you, if we all stopped for five minutes, looked at each other and were honest, everyone would go, I don't know why it's like this. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't Absolutely. be like this, but yet it is, and it perpetuates itself and keeps everybody going. And there, you know, there's an argument that it's just that society gives people things to do because people need things to do, or they'll become either lazy or aggressive. So you just you build these like bullshit 
tasks into people's lives to keep them focused. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have to say, like, I pride myself on, I am obviously my best interests are with the company, right? But like, I am a very empathetic person. So I always, and I did a lot of project work consulting um, once I got like good at my job. And um, I would always sit down employees and be like, okay, listen, let's have an honest conversation. And some of them were, were extremely honest with you because they were like, oh my God, no one's ever talked to me about this before. And I'm like, what can we do to make it better for you? You know, blah, blah, blah. Other employees that were like, it's fine. Let's just keep it the way it is. I'm going to go back now. And I'm like, okay. So you're, you get that, but you also have to take that information up the chain and you're looking in the whites of a CEO's eyes and being like, look, the people think you're a complete douchebag. Fix it. Like, yeah. you know, you're, you're just money hungry. You're, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like this is how they're seeing you. And so it's having lots of honest conversations, but people are scared. I've never been scared. I don't get scared by people. Hence why you're good at this. I've done OCRs yeah. and yeah. I've, I've done all the things I've done, but it takes a lot to do that. And I, I like to bridge that gap, but it also takes a mental toll on the person doing it. And yeah. that goes unnoticed. Right. 100% of the time. No, no, I, I, and is this why all this that we're talking about, this is why small companies can't even afford to offer people health insurance? Yeah. Yeah. Because if they go full pay, it's probably crazy expensive because the insurance company is not making enough of a vig off of it because there's not enough people. And if they go self pay and one person gets sick, they're out of business. Right. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Well, everyone jump out a window. I know, right? <laughs> I tell my husband every day, I'm like, I don't care how much you don't like your job, you're never leaving it. Like, you have amazing <laughs> benefits. This is what's happening. I have to say, my wife's benefits are terrific. And they are, it is, it, it is a thing we've passed on to our kids as far as I've said to them, look, you want to work for a large, cash rich organization. That's your best bet at getting decent healthcare. I mean, am I wrong about that? No, I don't think you're wrong about it. I would say I don't know that being cash rich as a company is like, it's a priority, but I don't think it's the biggest priority just because they might just choose to keep more of that money for themselves and not spread it around. Or they could be, you know, executives of integrity and be like, look, we need to do this to get a, a work, a good working population, because the reality is from what I've experienced in my career and talking to others, um, your highest performing employees always have some sort of health situation going on. So they're going to be expensive, but they're also going to save you or, you know, they're going to cost you, but they're also going to make you a lot more money. Hardworking people are killing themselves faster. Yep. Yeah. That's so, a, that's a joke about my wife's job that we have between us. I'm like, they pay you a little more because they know they're killing you. And they're trying to keep you here doing it. And the only way they can figure out to do it is to incentivize you like that. Yeah. So I think that, you know, the reality is there are some companies that realize that, that like realize, hey, we've got to take care of these employees if we want them. If not, we're going to settle for mediocrity and we're going to get what we get. Mm. So you either pay for health insurance or you don't. And that's a gamble, too. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Isn't that interesting? It's all mm -hmm. very, it's all incredibly interesting. I can tell you by name, every single one of my high-performing employees I ever worked with, and I can tell you also by name, exactly every one of the medications they took for every single one of their diagnoses. Wow. Well, that's, um, 
again, not surprising, but interesting to hear you say it out loud. I really appreciate you coming on and doing this and let me call you Lara. Of course. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I'm going to ask a question now. You told a story yeah. earlier about an accident. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that story has too many details in it? Do you think people would be able to tell who you are from that? No. Well, that, the bot, I mean, at the end of the day, that company doesn't exist anymore. They were bought out. That was okay. the final thing I did okay. <laughs> before I left. Well, we can like a three months notice. And I was like, here, I'll put the package together and then I'm out. I'm doing this last thing and then I'll go. And, and by the way, I, you did take the bonus, which I, I, I would have as well. I just, it's interesting. It, it's <laughs> I worked a, for it. No, of course, but it's a thing we don't even talk about. Like you yeah. had to do a distasteful, difficult thing. And the way they did it was they're like, here, take some extra money. Like, sorry about this. Like that yeah. was really it. Like, thanks for going in there and cleaning out that sewer. Here's an extra couple dollars. Yep. Everything's money. Yep. It sure right. is. Okay. All right. I'm going to go. Um, I'm just going to go sit and I'm going to weep in a corner and then uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'll pull my day I'm together. Sorry. I'll keep working. Oh my God. Do you, do you think everyone's scared now listening? They're like, oh my God, I like not, it's not enough to just get a job with insurance. I have to pretend I'm not sick or they'll boot me out eventually. I mean, well, that's why there are laws that say you don't disclose this. You don't have to. I mean, you know, of course, everyone has a personal choice to make, but there are laws for your protection for a reason. And um, I highly encourage everyone to do their research before they go interview. And, if you, and if you get if you get fired for some tic tac little bullshit reason, tell them right away you're getting an attorney, right? Yeah, don't do anything else. Don't like in my positions, I always had to sign an NDA when I was coming and going or, you know, sign different documents. And I have learned, yeah, don't do that because then I, I gave up my right to, you know, sue for sexual harassment or I gave up my right for whatever. By signing the NDA, you gave up your rights? Um, Yeah. Oh. But again, that was also almost always an exchange for money it was here we'll give you ten thousand dollars but we need you to sign this mm-hmm. and it's like and of course when i was younger i did it um but now i'm like oh no 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 because your ten thousand dollars is pocket change compared to what it, so i'm gonna get from you if you guys break these when rules. i turn you in <laughs> yeah wow i can't believe the whole world like works like this i'm gonna get a small cabin near a, a, a running creek and give up um <laughs> If you're all lucky, I'll get a good internet connection and keep making the podcast, but I'm, I'm getting out of this. <laughs> like that's it. You know, it, I'll leave you with this. My neighbors, like I told you, like 15, 20 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him recently and he just looked at me super seriously. And he said, Scott, I don't know how much money you think you need to get through the rest of your life, but get it together as fast as you can and stop working. It's my best advice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, thanks. Goes to Christmas future. Like, like sad ghost of Christmas future. He's just like, I have medical problems now and all the things I thought I was going to do. I, I can't even do. And I did save the money, but it took me longer than I thought I was going to. And he starts laughing. Yeah. He goes, and your generation's going to need way more money to live than my generation. And he's laughing. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, I'll quit now. He's like, oh, you can't quit now. You got to save up money first. And I was like, but yeah. you don't think I'll be able to save it up? And he goes, yeah, probably not. And I was like, so I just worked till the end. And then he goes, yeah, then your feet hurt and you die. And I went, okay, all right, thanks. I was like, (laughs) again, everybody with the good news. You know what I mean? I was like, Uh, all right, Laura, thank you very much. Hold on for me for a second. Sure.
I'd like to thank Laura for coming on the show today and sharing her knowledge about the human resources and insurance processes and the backroom things that we don't see. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. Learn more and get started today at contournext.com slash juicebox. A huge thanks to US Med for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Don't forget, usmed.com slash juicebox. This is where we get our diabetes supplies from. You can as well. Use the link or call 888-721-1514. Use the link or call the number, get your free benefits check so that you can start getting your diabetes supplies the way we do from US Med. If you're looking for community around type 1 diabetes, check out the Juicebox Podcast private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. But everybody is welcome. Type 1, type 2, gestational, loved ones, it doesn't matter to me. If you're impacted by diabetes and you're looking for support, comfort, or community, check out Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. If you're enjoying the Cold Wind Podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also enjoy it. And if you know a healthcare professional who would be a great guest on the podcast, please share it with them as well. If you're not already subscribed or following in your favorite audio app, please take the time now to do that. It really helps the show. And get those automatic downloads set up so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.